Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcast and made in a room full of blankets. I don't know if that's an irony or it's not a paradox, uh, but I have a quilt above me, moving blankets. Uh, I also have a couple of fleece blankets and then some curtains and blackout curtains all in the climbing closets. Uh, here it is it's time for the podcast you make possible patrons it's time for sleep with me podcast that puts you to sleep uh, hey are you up all night tossing turning mind racing trouble getting to sleep trouble staying asleep well, welcome this is sleep with me the podcast that puts you to sleep we do it a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'm gonna do the rest what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's the thoughts, the feelings, the physical sens- sensations, mispronunciations, which also is a bonus. I didn't realize it. sensations and uh, mispronunciations rhyme. I, I mean, kind of. It would take some work to get it in a right, you know, couplets. Uh, Hey, would you two like to be a couple of sensations and, uh, what was the other word? Oh, mispronunciations. Maybe we'll come back to that. What am I going to do? I forgot what I was talking about. What, what, if, if you're up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, I'm here to take your mind off of that. Uh, I'm going to create a safe place where you could set all that aside, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, physical sensations. I may have, may have repeated this, but, uh. It's important to repeat. I'm here to help you. I'm here to keep you company. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous dialogue, repetition. I get lost in my own thoughts. Holy cow. I mean, it's not a bad place. You know, sleepy thoughts are a good It's a good thing to get lost in. Uh, and it's not really lost. It's more misdirected. They say, I know where I am. I'm in a safe place, a room uh, full of blankets on the walls above me, a nice quilt. And all I'm here to do is uh, help you fall asleep. Welcome. If you're new, a few things to know about the show. One, structurally, that's one thing the new listeners, uh, it sometimes like is, is a little bit confusing because this show is structured as a sleep podcast. And what it means is the show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how the podcast stays free. Then around minute four or five, uh, an intro starts. Uh, and the intro is about 12 to 14 minutes of actual content. Uh, and the content is me introducing the podcast, kind of setting up how it works in a familiar way, but different every time. And a lot of listeners uh, listen to the, uh, the intro as a part of their wind-down routine. Uh, some people uh, listen to it and fall asleep. A few people skip it, and uh, like uh, people listen during the day. Uh, but if you're new, it, yeah, this is a bedtime story with a long lead-up or wind-down, so you can wind down. So it does take me a while to get to the story. If you want to skip ahead, it is about 18 minutes. But this is a regular listeners, the most regular listeners' favorite part of the show. I think mostly because it's the only part of the show. I, you know, a lot of people don't only hear this part of the show. But I'm going to be here till the bar- very end, or the very end, which I keep saying over and over again because uh, Strawberry Shortcake, she appears and she says, I'll give you five bucks if you say Barry. And I say, and I say this is how tricky she is. She's a trickster goddess, by the way, I'm pretty sure. Because they say, no, I'm not going to, I don't, you know, I don't take money to mispronounce words. And she laughs at it. I say it directly. But then she's planted the seed, the berry seed in my brain. So then I still say, you know, I, I go, very good. And I say, very good. Uh, but where was I? Oh, the intro. Yeah, you can skip ahead uh, or you, you can, you can listen. Then after the intro, there's a little business tucked in between the intro and the show or the bedtime story. Tonight's story will be a recap of a, uh, what's that show called? Oh, Doctor Who, a Doctor Who episode. And it'll be a lulling, re, like, indirect recap, a pretty ha- a hazy recap. 
And then uh, some facts maybe I looked up if I was curious on the show. Then some thank yous at the end. All told, I'll be here for an hour. So if you're new, there's no pressure to listen to me or to make sense of what I'm saying. Because it's it's a little bit nonsensical. uh, And it doesn't make you say, well, why does the podcast take 14 minutes to get started? And they say, well, it kind of already started. It's just a slow start. Like, uh, get a build up, uh, get a build up momentum to slow it down. And you say, wait a second, did that make any sense? I say, it could, it could make sense. And then, okay, so there's a long intro, then the show. No pressure to listen. Also, no pressure to fall asleep. That's why I'm here for an hour. Uh, so I can keep you company while you drift off. Uh, so no pressure to listen, no pressure to fall asleep. But if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here. And you can queue up episode after episode if you need it. Uh, I don't know, because I really want to help you fall asleep. It's really important to me because I've been there. Or to keep you company if you can't sleep. Either way, you deserve something to kind of look forward to. Uh, your boar friend, your boar bud, your boar bud, but bay. Or Sib, your boar bestie, if you're if you're a regular listener. If you're new, those are things I'm applying to be. Uh, but yeah, no pressure. I'm here to help. Uh, and uh, here to, what were, words was I trying to rhyme? Mispronounce? Mi- mispronounce? No. I had two words. It was like bountiful and mispronounced, but those weren't the words. I already forgot the words I was trying to remember. I do, you know what word is nice is, uh, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, is iambic patambiter. How come more words don't end in ambiter? Like, uh, like I'm not even kidding. What are, cam, cam, camber, tambiter, uh, patambiter. I'm trying to, like, uh, well, that would be a tough word to rhyme. Iambic patambiter. Some witty person probably already did it, uh. Uh, oh, I was trying to put words in couplets. Uh, say, well, hey, how you doing? And then I know the poets out there are saying, Scooch, you're... Uh, and I say, yeah, I probably should move on. My poetry vocabulary uh, is limited. Uh, and this podcast is not sublimited. Okay, did you get that? I, I rhymed to those things. Uh, I, was just trying, I was just pandering to the lowest common denominator in my brain. Who finds uh, that who found that hilarious? Uh, but yeah, I'm here to help. I'm here to take your mind off stuff. I was here to ri- try to rhyme those things, but I couldn't figure out what I was trying to rhyme. Uh, but yeah, make a show uh, because I really truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve to take some of the ser- some of the seriousness out of bedtime for me to, you know, puff up your covers, loosen them, uh, shake shake them out. Uh, to do the hokey pokey. What if people started doing the hokey pokey at bedtime? Maybe I, maybe that's a new, have I ever done that on the intro? I mean, I've done it in some live shows, but like a, as part of a, maybe that could be a bedtime. Is the hokey pokey in, in the public domain? Does anyone know? Uh, because that could be part of a nice bedtime routine with the podcast. You start the intro, uh, and you start listening to it. And then you kind of shake your, you know, well, I guess it, I don't tuck my sheets in, so I can shake my sheets very easily, my blankets. Uh, yeah, so you could do something like that, shake it all about when you're shaking your bed loose, uh, or you could puff it all about, and you do the sleepy, uh, pokey, turn yourself around, bedtime's what it's all about, uh, uh, right pillow, I guess for someone like me that's single, this seems perfectly sensible. And if your partner's asleep, they, they'd be asleep anyway. If they're awake, they would probably be amused. Uh, so, you know, we just do three rounds of it. One right turn, one left turn. And it's a soothing, slow way. With a little bit of dancing, though. I don't know. I think that does activate the chill-out receptors in our, in our brain and, and maybe even in our spirits. Uh, the hokey pokey is good for that. Uh, you say, okay, because I can see, can you see my, ma- you know, I've talked about it on the podcast. I'm not sure I have the ability to move my hips, whatever the uh, mind-body connection between my mind and my hips is not active, but I can move my legs. Uh, 
and my arms. So I'm pretty good at doing the hokey pokey, part of the hokey pokey. But right, then put your uh, left leg in and snuggle it right under the blanket uh, or toss it all about. You know, if you like your blankets tossed off of your feet. Believe it or not, last night, so I'd been testing, I've been testing this new thing uh, with a weighted blanket just over my feet and my legs. Uh, it, it was an accidental experiment one time, but then I found it comforting. And, like, I can pull my feet out or, or tuck them back under it. And I say, oh, that feel, there's something about it. And I'm not kidding. Like, uh, it feels reassuring to me uh, to just have a little weight on my ankles and my lower legs. I don't know if uh, it keeps my legs from tossing and turning or not. Uh, but I had also noticed my temperature at night was having trouble regulating it, where I was getting too warm. But I had the room too cold, so I was, I've been having a trouble with the balancing of the uh, the room temperature and my temperature. And so last night I said, well, maybe it's because my feet are always under the blankets. Uh, and so I said, okay, let's uh, try. And they, So then I think I tried a night or two without the, the weighted blanket. And I said, well, I kind of miss that thing. And the moving blanket said, excuse me, moving blankets have feelings too. And I said, I, I kind of miss that wonderful blanket on my legs uh, uh, that I love so much. And I said, thank you. But I'm just wondering about my temperature. So then I tried having the blanket over my legs, but then my feet out from the bottom of my covers. And you know what? I, I uh, slept great. I don't know. You know, it could be a placebo or it just could be whatever. But uh I don't know why I shared that, but if you have a weighted blanket, uh, give it a test. Uh, let me know how it is. I, I love it. I highly recommend it. You could also do it with like, uh, you know what you could do it with is one of those things uh, in the winter you used to keep the draft out. Maybe you don't need a weighted blanket. One of those draft things, uh, it's usually full of uh, like, you know what I mean? It's like a round, uh, long thing, and you stick it under your door, like on the bottom of your door, so a draft doesn't come through. Uh, usually it's like round with material. Like, like a, maybe you could try that. Uh, maybe not, though. Maybe just try the weighted blanket. Uh, but that's one way I soothe myself. I don't normally share these type of tips, especially when they're in the beta phase. Uh, but I just thought of it. So anyway, I'm here to help. I'm here to take your mind off stuff. I'm here to keep you company. And uh, because I've been there, just like, uh, you know, even these temperature things sometimes, uh, it's important. Your good sleep is important to me because uh, I want you to be out there in the world flourishing. And that's why I work very hard and I strive and I yearn. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming by. Uh, and uh, here's a couple of ways we keep the show going all right everybody we're talking a uh, season two episode well here's where it gets interesting just uh, it took me a while to figure this out uh, but uh it's episode eight to me and for our intensive purposes but it's really season two episode seven but let's not get caught up on that technicality i, ca- I counted the holiday special as episode one for season two and I'm recording this before most of these are released, so uh, like, uh, so you probably let me know about it, but it took me a while to fix it. Uh, but here we are. The Idiot's Lantern is the name of the episode. And this uh, this is an episode about TV called in the YouTube. It used to be called, when it was a tube, it was called the B-O-O-B tube in the U.S. Uh, US where do I live? The U.S. United States. But I do like the term, the idiot's lantern. It's a rainy night. It's a storm in England. And what's my line is on the TV is a man is working hard. He's got, uh, what do you call those things on? Uh, Suspenders. He's breathing. He seems to be balancing the book. uh, And he's a little stressed. uh, 200 pounds short. Things aren't good. And the end of programming comes on. They say goodnight from Alexandra Palace. Or Alexandra Palace. A very good night. They play the national anthem. And he says, I need a miracle. Uh, He doesn't say every day. 
Then we see a kid reading Radio Enthusiast magazine. Cool kid, clearly. Future podcaster. Can't see what that says about at the telly. Uh, what does that say? T- telly. Uh, they're listening to the radio. And it's a mother, a grandmother. And uh, they're joking about what I, what's on there. And then the father comes, who's, you know, ends up being a character we don't love here. Uh, something about the tell, getting a telly for a cor- coronation. Uh, you know, everybody's got one lately in this neighborhood. The boy t- says, I think his name's Tommy. The grandma says, TV rats, the brain. It's a stormy night, uh, pink lightning. We see the man asleep at his desk. The TV calls to him, Mr. Magpie, woo-woo, woo-hoo, or something. Uh, uh, can you hear me, Mr. Magpie, calling? And I say, not a dream, sweetheart, because he says, what am I, having a dream or I'm out of it? And she says, sit down and we'll begin. Uh, then we see triple pink lightning and the TV, the character on the TV laughs, uh, and the episode opens, and it's a Mark Gatiss episode, uh, one of our favorites here in the world of Who and uh, GOT and entertainment in general. Uh, then the this episode opens, Rose steps out of the TARDIS. Uh, uh, she's kind of dressed, uh, there's rockabilly music playing. She's in a pink and blue uh, skirt or something. Like, uh, they, they look, uh, shagadelic or whatever, but that's not the right term for the fifties. Uh, she says, I thought this was like Vegas, uh, flares and chest hair. And we see the doctor has like a, what is that called? A duck's butt. I call it a duck's butt, uh, but I think it's a ducktail or a quaff. And the doctor goes, late fifties Elvis is what we're going for. Elvis, the pelvis. He goes, he's got a waist and style. The doctor has a, like a TARDIS or a scooter. He's in total mod style. Uh, and he pulls up. He's got a helmet on, uh, sunglasses. He goes, you going my way, doll? And uh, Rose goes, there's any other way, daddy-o? Straight from the fridge, uh, man. And uh, they, then they talk about Cliff Richard, uh, Bank Holiday. Every Bank Holiday Monday, they would watch uh, Cliff Rose and uh, her mom, who's, I don't know how, I can't remember, Jackie would watch Cliff, Cliff Richard movies. And he goes, oh, I knew she was a Cliff fan. And then they go, we're going to go to watch uh, Ed Sullivan and uh, the, Hound, the Hound Dog. So they're going to see Elvis's appearance on the Ed Sullivan, see Ed Sullivan show, and uh, we're going to catch it. Uh, and Rose goes, "Okay, so we're in New York City, huh?" As the double decker bus goes by, Rose has a purple helmet, I think. Uh, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, there's laundry hanging in the streets, uh, Union flag, bunting." And uh, red, uh, red uh, like uh, mailbox, and uh, Rose goes digging that uh, New York vibe, Daddy O. And he goes, yeah, this is kind of like a Londony New York. And Rose goes, well, what's up with the flags? Uh, then we see Muffin the Mule on TV, and uh, people watching the same families watching TV. They're kind of uh, in there. Smart, something dad is impressed with the TV. I don't know if that's a smarking dad. Uh, but he says, uh, look at how good this TV is. Tommy, you're right. Uh, he goes, doesn't this make you happy, Rita? He says that to his wife or the mom. He's very impressed. Uh, but everyone else is like worried about uh, uh, that grandma's nap and that grandma gets enough nap time. Uh, and gr- that grandma's, uh, like, uh, like it does, she, she has this new thing. You think where she's wearing clogs around the house upstairs and, uh, she, she just, instead of telling them stuff, she clogs around upstairs. Uh, they say, what does that clogging mean? Does it mean she's hungry? Uh, then we see Magpie delivering TVs. He happens to talk to the doctor. The doctor says, what's going on? 
He goes, uh, getting the TV's ready for the big day. And doctor goes, what big day? He goes, coronation. What are you from, uh, what are you, a square or something? And the doctor goes, what coronation? He goes, the queen. And Rose goes, oh, well, Queen Elizabeth. And the doctor goes, oh, it's 1953. Somehow I get these dates mixed up because they put 1933 down somewhere. But it's not important. And he goes, yeah, the last time I looked, that's what date it was. Uh, Time for some pop and circumstance, what we do best. And the doctor's pretty pumped about this. Uh, and Rose goes, look at all the TV aerials. Like, everyone's got one. Uh, I thought my nan had said that everybody had to watch TV in one house, that not everyone had it. Uh, and Magpie goes, we sell them for five quid. Uh, Magpie's Marvelous Telly, he said. And the doctor goes, cool, Technicolor. Everest, uh, everything off ration, a uh, brighter, happier future for England. Uh, let's see, doctor's pumped. And there's uh, more clog issues at another house with Mr. Gallagher. has been clogging around. Uh, and they say, doctor says, what are they doing? They say, well, Tommy says, uh, or something. They say, we're, we're, they say, no clogging. It's just been a clogging, clogging ordinance has been passed. Or clogging's too loud. Uh, what does it say? Pot of Shree for Dr. and Rose in pursuit. Oh, I think they say something about the patriarchy. Because the doctor says, I'm not sure about this. Uh, he says, Tommy, what's going on? He says, they're kind of trying to frame everybody for clogging. And he goes, I don't think they're choosing to clog. I think it's a TV show they're watching. So the doctor chases after the um, MIBs, which are picking up the cloggers. Uh, they chase after in their scooter. The MIBs, they say, let's institute Operation Market Stall. So then in James Bondian, uh, Indiana Jonesian way, they hide between market stalls and hideouts. And they say, we lost them. Or, you know, they, their doctor and the Rose say, we lost them. Uh, Rose goes, you're not a, she goes, you're not a very good driver. Have you ever passed your driving test? Uh, and the doctor goes, what's going on here? We got anti-coag initiatives, MIB, it disappearing cars, uh, because they thought this was Churchill's England. And Rose goes, maybe we should ask the neighbors. She, she, she goes, uh, no, doctor, that's what I like about you, the domestic approach. And Rose says, don't you think it's insulting? Uh, busy, busy, brand new. Oh, no, then we go back to Magpie's office. Uh, he's talking to the TV, who, who seems to be behind, I'll just tell you, the TV's behind the clogging. And, uh, like, uh, Magpie's made a portable TV. He's talking to the TV. He goes, can I get my freedom back? Uh, and she goes, no, 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 you're uh, empowering my clogging. Uh, and she goes, if you're good, uh, you know, then I'll let you go uh, back to your life. Uh, but right now we're busy, busy, busy. Uh, your world's forging into a new age. Uh and she goes, the time is right uh, for for someone. Uh, let's see. Ripe me, me, busy brand new. Ripe uh, magpie. A ripe magpie. A ripe ma magpie. Ripe, nothing like a ripe magpie. Then we see Kid Podcast, a.k.a. Tommy. That's what I'm calling him. He sneaks upstairs uh, of his house with a key. And he says, Graham, it's me. It's Tommy. And uh, the dad kind of busts him for interrupting uh, or something or looking into stuff when the dad told him not to, uh, being disobedient. There's also ducks on their wall. And the dad is just like too much. Uh, he's too good. The acting is almost too good. It throws off kind of the balance of the episode for me. I mean, he puts the... Uh, he's the archer. Uh, he puts the arch in patriarchal... Uh, He's like an arch-patriarch, uh, and uh, he says a little bit of hush. Uh, or somebody says that, yeah, he, he's got to make all these speeches to the mom and the son. And right when he says a little bit of hush, uh, the doorbell rings. It's Dr. and Rose. And they say, hi. And the doctor goes, who are you? And the doctor goes, uh, nice house. Uh, 
decent family person. Uh, you represent queen and country. Pulls out a, a psychic paper, you know, do some fast thinking, and then just barges in. And he goes, yeah, we're just checking in before the big day. We work for the, you know, the majesty. And he goes, don't mind if we come in. Not bad. Very well. Congratulate you. Uh, well kept, uh, Miss Conley, Mrs. Conley. And uh, Archpatriarch tries to run the show, uh, you know, because he's, uh, and the doctor goes, well, I'm here for everybody, not just you. He goes, Where? He goes how come your flags aren't up? And the doctor, you know, they say, no, no, Rose is like, dude, you put them up. Don't boss your family around. Some of the, I think they said at your majesty's leisure, maybe to t- tell instead of uh, to, like to tell uh, uh, a kid podcast and his mom to sit down. Yeah, because they say, Mr. Conley, you put up the friggin' uh, things. Uh, they, they, because this is the Queen's country now, not yours, but, but you know, uh, Mr. Splain. And, and he goes, we're going to put these Union Jacks up. And Rose goes, oh, Union Jacks? Uh, and Eddie goes, right. And she goes, no, it's a Union flag. It's a Union Jack when it's flown at sea. And she goes, get to it now. Uh, and then they, that's when the doctor says, at Her Majesty's leisure. And they introduce, he says, this is the, do- I'm, do- I'm the doctor, this is Rose, uh, kid podcast, good to meet you. And he goes, oh, I love telly. Uh, and they're watching something about dinosaurs or something, but doctor gets uh, to the heart of the matter. Because they say, uh, the doctor says, hey, what's going on? Everybody seems a little bit, uh, and the dad says, well, I don't think he needs to know. And the doctor says, yeah, I do. We're here to help. Uh, and the, the, the dad says, this is my house. This isn't part of uh, the government's uh, duties or whatever. He goes, I'm in charge of what's under my roof. Uh, and the doctor goes, I heard some stuff about clogging. And the da- dad raises his voice at the doctor. And the doctor says, uh, raises his voice back and says, I'm not listening. Mr. Conley. You could be in big trouble here. Tell me what's going on. And then we hear the clogging, and they say, Grand won't stop clogging. And then the MIB started coming and taking all the cloggers away, and we're afraid they're going to take Grand. So then they go upstairs. Tommy, Kid Podcast says, Grand, it's here. I'm here to help you with my friends. Uh, and they realize that... Uh, it, she, she's just absent-mindedly clogging without, like, a, just in some sort of clog zone. And the doctor kind of scans her. He goes, "It's he goes, she, she's your clogger now. Uh, I don't understand it. Uh, what happened? And they go, we don't know. She just, that's all she does anymore, silently and then noisily. And they go, well, what was she doing before? And they go, watching a TV show about clogs. Uh, and they go, okay, uh uh, and then uh, the, the, the the MIB comes to take Grant to the you know clog removal school, and everyone's like, "I can't believe this is happening." Uh, whatever. Uh, and uh, let's see. Let me. Uh, I'm not listening. Grant won't stop. Uh, the doctor chases after Grant. Uh, he's fast downstairs, really fast. Rose, but Rose sees pink lightning coming out of the telly. Looks at the back, more pink lightning. There's also pink lightning on the aerial. The uh, doctor follows after Grant and the, the MIB, but the rose is stuck behind. And then she, she says, dude, by the way, your flag's upside down. Joker, smile, and run. Yeah, so she was hilarious. The uh, way Rosa leaves it. Uh, let me see. Uh, she goes, uh, yeah, she just makes the smile and runs. It's funny. But the doctor's going after PVJ 601. Then he sees how they do use the market to hide. Uh, he goes, very good. Swerves in. His hair is still a factor, I put, or something. Factor at me enjoying the episode even more. He finds more people that are absentmindedly clogging all in a room. And uh, they just seem zoned out and just clogging. They also clench their fists and hands as they clog around. 
Then headlights come. The doctor gets kind of seen. Meanwhile, Rose goes into Magpie's telly shop. He says, it's close. Come back tomorrow. And Rose says, tomorrow is the coronation. I need a TV. And he goes, no, no, no. You can find somebody else's TV to watch it. Uh, she goes, you're just giving these TVs away for nothing. And he goes, yeah, I got my reasons. She goes, what are they? And then the same character comes on TV and uh, says, uh, hey, clogging. I love clogging. Rose goes, who's that? What's that? Magpie goes, a TV show. I don't know, some uh, avant-garde clogging show. And Rose goes, I'm not leaving until you give me your questions. How come the TVs are so cheap? And he goes, it's my patriotic patriotic duty. He goes, uh, so more people can watch the coronation. 20 million people are going to be watching. And they can't be wrong. He goes, why don't you hit to go home and rest for tomorrow? Rose goes, hey, need, he, I'm here to see everything. Yeah, because something's going on with this uh, CLO to the G. Starts with C, rhymes with T, and that stands for trouble. Uh, and it's your, the only common thread is your TVs, Magpie. Magpie goes, I knew I'd get busted. And Rose goes, tell me everything. And he goes, uh, I'm just looking for some peace. Uh, and she goes, he goes, from the TV, the CLO to the G. And the, the, the presenter, she says, oh, what a pretty little girl. And Rose goes, are you talking to me? And she goes, yeah, I'm talking to you, little one. Uh, just that's the last time I heard that was uh, Circe say that, little bird. And she goes, don't you think it's chilly? And she goes, who are you? And she goes, uh, clogging. It's time for a clogging. And then she uses the pink lightning uh uh, to uh, hypnotize Rose to start. Uh, suddenly there's wooden clogs on Rose's feet. And uh, then we go, let's see. Uh, just doing my duty, Telly. Oh, yeah, Rose is fuzzy and clogging. Uh, then the doctor's getting interviewed by these two uh, police, uh, these, these two uh, officials, uh, and they say, tell us everything you know. And doctor starts making jokes. You can't wrap your hand around your elbow and make your fist, uh, fingers meet. Uh, and the, they don't say, don't be get clever. We saw you uh, today. And the doctor goes, listen, you, Bishop. Uh, and the bishop goes, how did you know my name? He goes, it's in your collar. I can see it. Uh, your mom washes your shirts. And he goes, how much inspecting are you doing with this clog stuff? Uh, he goes, are you trying to cut down the clogging so it doesn't distract from the coronating? And he goes, you're just trying to sweep everybody up? And he goes, yeah. He goes, it's an image we have to maintain. And the doctor goes, doesn't it? He goes, he goes don't you want to f- figure out why? And he goes, yeah, I do. But he goes, we got to get ready for the coronation. And he goes, I've never seen anything like this. And the doctor goes, well, let's fix it. And he goes, how? And the doctor goes, there's also another character there the whole time that never speaks. And the doctor goes, start from the beginning. Tell me everything you know. And he goes, it started a month ago, spreading out all over North London, across the demographics, large number at the street we saw you at, Oh, there's another, the Crabtree, this other dude. He brings somebody in and ends up, it's Rose. Uh, and the doctor goes, what is that? That's my friend. And she, now she's just absentmindedly clogging. And the doctor, they go, this is unusual. She was just out. He goes, we're going to have Torchwood looking into this. Uh, and the doctor's not happy that they just, uh, he goes, uh, absentmindedly, he goes, uh, now I'm on this uh, no power on earth can stop me. Let's do it. Uh, the doctor is really stunned and not happy, so much so that uh, he takes his glasses off. Uh, then we get, like, a doctor and the inspector on a hero. What does that say? Hero patrol. Uh, coronation party with the, the dad, uh, Eddie, who had a dis- uh, Then there's a bell at their door. Or they were trying to watch coronation on the telly. It's a doctor. He says, Tommy, talk to me. 
He goes, I need your kid, kid podcast to tell me what's going on. And the dad gets in the way. He can't let anything go. He's got to be the boss of everybody. Uh, but his son stands up to him. He goes, listen, dad, uh, you're the one. He goes, did you tell on everybody about this clogging? I thought you stood up against this kind of stuff. Uh, I thought you you know, were fighting, fighting for the underdog. And now I find out you're... Uh, Whose side are you on? And the dad goes, I just don't like clogging. Like, it's more of the, the random clopping movements. I don't like clopping. And Rita goes, you know what? Hit the road. You told on my mom for her clogging. Hit the road. And the doctor goes, kid podcast, can you help me? Uh, let's see. We also see something. The black party's being set up. Uh. We see the queen. Oh, we see some nice shots of the queen's coronation. Queen uh, Elizabeth II. Uh, I liked the term. That was the sound of, Rita says, that was the sound of uh, something ending. She says it when she sits back down to watch TV. When someone says, what was that outside? Uh, doctor rings the bell at Magpie's office. Uh, uh, then he goes, uh, get out here. Uh, uh, they start searching around his office. Uh, the doctor finds a portable TV. He goes, this can't be right. Uh, and he t- touches it with his tongue. He says, uh, there's something about this, uh, not just human, human hands, but something else. Uh, and they see this, a portable television. That's impossible. And the doctor scans stuff with his screwdriver. And uh, they see people's feet are dancing, and they see Rose's feet even. Uh, then Magpie shows up, and the doctor loses his cool. And he says, yo, what is up with Rose? Uh, what is up with this man? Uh, yeah, and he goes, what do you think? He goes, uh, and the doctor goes, who's in charge here? And then the TV speaks. Uh, he goes, this one, you who... Uh, and they go, well, I'm afraid uh, this is, I want you to introduce you to my new friend. Oh, Magpie says that. Uh, and they go, it's a person on the TV. And the doctor goes, no, it's more of the image. Uh, and she goes, it's C-L-O to the G. That's what makes me recorporate with glee. Uh, and they can't talk a little bit about their history. She even turns color into color TV. And the inspector goes, good, great, great, uh, uh, good, gracious, uh, color television. Also, I saw a sunbeam, a sunbeam mixer ad right by Magpie's head at one point. Uh, he pasted it on the wall. Uh, and Doctor kind of figures everything out. He says, uh, oh, you're going to use a TV's, uh, you're going to get powered by clock, the TV person who calls herself the wire. And she goes, why worry about it? Kick off your shoes and enjoy the coronation. You're going to be glued to the screen. And she uses that to try to make it. She uses her pink lightning. Uh, and she goes, uh, you know, CLO to the G, CLO to the G. But the doctor gets out a sonic screwdriver. And she goes, oh, he's got an arm and he's clever. Withdraw, withdraw. And then Magpie goes on the run with his uh, TV box. Uh, and she says, conduct me to my victory. Yeah, he gets in the van. The TV's still talking about uh, clogging. Yeah, doctor wakes up with Kid Podcast. Uh, and uh, they say, where did Magpie go? They go outside. Uh, they say, uh, the, the, the other the inspector, he's uh, in full clog mode. Uh, but they say it's never too late. Then there's a hero zoom, like a low shot uh, on the doctor and Tommy. Uh, Queen makes you forget your troubled cat house. What does that mean? They think that's at Tommy's house. Uh, they say, hey, the queen doesn't make she, queen make you forget trouble. Yeah, but the doctor and Tommy, they're like, uh, where would we go? Where would the thing uh like, uh, where would doctor goes, Moosewell, Musewell Hill. Oh, wait, Alexandria, pa- Alexandra Palace. Uh, that's a t- the biggest TV tr- uh, transmitter. And he goes, we got to go shopping. And then they start putting together a bunch of electrical stuff. 
Magpie doesn't want to do this whole thing. Uh, uh, we see vacuum tubes. We see more of the Queen's Corporation, Coronation. We see Magpie climbing up uh, to broadcast to TV. Doctor and Kid Podcast are on the run. I thought for a second they were using the mu- music from uh, 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 Jackbox games. Uh, you don't know Jack from the Jack Attack uh, at the end of the game. And the wire says, the time is at hand, Magpie. We see Doctor and Tommy on the run again. Magpie plays uh, the wire, who oh, plugs in the wire, who laughs. And there's a lot more pink lightning. And she says, too late, Doctor. I'm going to consume you too via clog. Uh, so we see the good shot of Doctor's Converse All-Stars. You cannot stop the wire. Uh, soon I shall become manifest. Uh, Dietra's climbing up after him. Uh, Magpie goes bye-bye. But the doctor says, so he climbs up with Magpie and says, uh, you've been burning the candle at both ends, Wire. You've overextended yourself. Uh, and the doctor starts plugging in his equipment. Uh, also, he's got uh, his rubber uh Rubber soles. At first, it doesn't work. It short circuits. Uh, and he says, "Oh, geez, Tommy." And then Tommy ends up a uh, what do you call that thing? Uh, a vacuum tube blew. But Tommy finds a new vacuum tube, and uh, the wire says, "No, no, no, no more clogging." Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, let me just double check. Uh, yeah, the wire just says no, 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 and it gets sent back uh, to to whatever world she was in. And I think that somebody says a joke about an epilogue. A doctor also says I just invented the uh, the uh, VCR, but it's Betamax. Uh, he goes, yeah, I sorted it all out. Uh, uh, then uh, let's see, uh, Doctor and Tommy. Yeah, they just talk. He goes, yeah, I got rid of it. It was from another planet, really. Blog planet. Uh, then Doctor and Rose have a big reunion. Hugs. Uh, Rita and Tommy. Uh, uh, grandma's declogged. Rose's declogged. Back to normal. A lot of indie music. Indie movie music, it felt like. Uh, the dad has to go, you know, refigure out his purpose in life. Uh, there's long tables in the middle of the block. Uh, there's dancing coal, uh, pop and circumstance, uh, tape out or tape over it. Uh, oh, that's how the doctor's going to get rid of the wire. He's like a little bit. Doctor goes all Oprah. He goes, Tommy, you get a scooter. Uh, so he gives Tommy a scooter. He goes, new, then uh, they go, maybe uh, your dad's, uh, you know, a dinosaur. And Tommy goes, yeah. And Rose goes, you know what, he's still your dad. Maybe uh, you could make some kind of, he could make amends to you. Go give him a chance. Uh, you're clever, clever enough to save the world. Uh, but don't stop there, Tommy. And then people are dancing. Tommy runs after his dad. Uh, Rose and the doctor start to celebrate. And the episode comes to a close. All right, so let's look at a couple of things that came up on uh, this Idiot Slander episode. Uh, one of the first shows we saw was What's My Line? Uh, and we'll talk about the UK version, but uh, the Wikipedia article, of course, starts with the US version. The panel game show ran on CBS in the US from 1950 to 1967. Also had subsequent revivals. Uh, required celebrity panelists to answer a question to determine the person's uh, occupation, uh, with panelists being called on to identify weekly mystery guests with specificity. You think I made it not sound like it made any sense? Uh, it would keep it came back in syndication after being canceled uh, from CBS. Uh, ran in syndication from '68 to '75. In 2013, TV Guide ranked it number nine on the best uh, 60 game shows. 
Uh, let's shoot to the UK version because it was on, uh, uh, let's see, panels, look and style, who's who, later introductions, uh, revivals, uh, specials, uh, Bob Barker looks like did it, live version, episode availability, board game, 1955, 1969, and 2001. Uh, here's international versions. There was an Australian version with John Barnes uh, in 1956. Uh, uh, it only ran to 58. Uh, it was replaced by To Tell the Truth, uh, a Brazilian one. Uh, Hosted by Heloisa Helena, uh, and she was also a contestant in the American version in 1956. Uh, in Radio Canada and French Canadian, uh, there was a from 54 to 59. Louis Morset. Uh, let's see, uh, Germany. There was a version 55, 58, and 61 to 89. Uh, Robert Lem- Lemke, it uh, looks like. Uh, Indonesia, there was a version from 92 to 98. Uh, uh, let's see he, who he, she is. Uh, Lithuania, Puerto Rico, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, in the UK version, it ran on BBC television for a service from 51 to 63. The host was called The Chairman. On the premiere was Gilbert Harding, replaced by Eamon Andrews, or Eamon Andrews, uh, for the remainder of the run. Uh, there was also a radio version on Radio Luxembourg. Uh, let's see, though so they were... Uh, uh, you know, they had a, the, the, their places were by Peter Martin, Bernard Braden, and uh, Attenborough. It was, it was on BBC Two from seventy-three to seventy-four. So this is a little bit about it, it was just because it was on the TV there. But what about uh, Alexandra Palace? For those of us that don't live in the UK or London. It is a real place that still exists, and, and as of when I'm recording this, it has a lot going on. And then we'll cover the past. But this is when I'm recording this. This is December uh, 2000, or whatever year it is, uh, 2018. And in December, they had uh, baby jazz, parent and baby music classes, a Christmas carnival, Santa's Grotto, uh, Ronnie Scott, Courtney Pine. Uh, Billiards Cup, it looks like a Moscone Cup, Aladdin on Ice, uh, Dylan Moran Live, uh, Dr. Cosmos, uh, YMCA, Santa Run, Gareth Malone, uh, Elf and Love Actually were playing over the holiday season, uh, Not So Great Christmas, Storytelling Thing, Darts Tournament, uh, uh, Fromage on Ice. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, that's like a show on ice. Uh, Friday Night Music with Alfie Bow. Uh, let's see what else is coming up. Uh, go Club de Fromage on Ice. Uh, maybe it's like a club on ice. Uh, some hockey, snooker, a train exhibi- exhibition, uh, model trains, ping pong. Uh, a lot of music in February in hockey. So uh, definitely worth checking out uh, if you're in the UK. As far as the history goes, according to Wikipedia, it has an extensive history that link to. Uh, it's an entertainment sports venue in London. Uh, it was built on the site of Tottenham Wood and Tottenham Wood Farm, uh, built by John Johnson and Alfred Meeson in 1873. It opened. Uh, two weeks later, it had to be rebuilt. Uh, it was intended as a people's palace in the Alley Pally. It was its purpose was to serve as a public center of recreation, education, and entertainment, a counterpart to the Crystal Palace in South London. Uh, at first, a private venture, then they uh, sold it to the park uh, for development. 
Uh, let's see. In 1935, the trustees leased part of the palace to the BBC for use as production and transmission center for the new BBC television. In 1936, it became home of the world's first public television service. Uh, the broadcasting service was a 405 line monochrome analog television. The first of fully electric electronic television system to be used in regular broadcasting. Uh, although other uh, facilities superseded it later, uh, it continued to be used by BBC for many years, and its radio and television mast is still in use. Uh, maybe a different one, or maybe it's the same one from this show. Uh, uh, the original Studios A and Studio B survive in the southeast wing with the producers' galleries and are used for exhibiting original historical television equipment. The original Victorian theater with its stage machinery also survives. It looks like the, yeah, the ice skating rink, a hotel, a cinema, and a 10-pin bowling alley and an exhibition center uh, had been planned. It looks like that did open up, though. Uh, the nearest uh, underground stations are Wood Green and Alexandra Palace. Uh, also, it gets served by uh, London Buses Route W3. Uh, so that's a little bit about that. Another nice, interesting thing. Uh, speaking of which, who's this Cliff Richard guy? I mean, I honestly had to look it up, and now I'm glad I did. He's an OBE, so Sir Cliff Richard to me, or Sir Richard maybe, is uh, a British pop singer, musician, performer, actor, and philanthropist. He sold 250 million worldwide records. It's uh, the third top-selling artist in UK singles history behind the Beatles and Elvis Presley. Originally, like a rebellious rock and roll singer in the style of Elvis and Little Richard, uh, with the backing group The Shadows, uh, dominated the pop scene in Britain pre-Beatles, uh, 50s to 60s. Uh, his uh, 58 single move, it is uh, often described as British Britain's first authentic rock and roll song. And John Lennon was a fan. Uh, then he kind of moved into contemporary Christian music. He's had a career over 60 years, won many awards, uh, and uh, very beloved. Uh, and let's see what about movies, because that's what, uh, or did they watch uh, specials? Uh, with Richard in the 70s, a Renaissance in the 70s and 90s. Uh, became a night bachelor. So, yeah, I mean, there's a really, really in-depth uh, stuff about Cliff Richard on Wikipedia. Uh, what about Muffin the Mule, though? I mean, you can't get enough of this, this stuff. Uh, a Muffin the Mule, also seen on this episode, is a public character uh, in British television programs for children. Bubba was made in 1933 for Hogarth Puppets. The original program was presented by Annette Mills, a sister of John Mills, and was broadcast live from Alexandra Palace, uh, BBC, in 1946 to 1952. Uh, Mills and the puppet continued with programs that were broadcast until 1955. Uh, uh, the series was transferred to ITV in 56 and 57. An animated version of Muffin appeared in uh, 2005 on BBC Two. Uh, original uh, original puppet was uh, created by uh, Punch and Judy puppet maker Fred Tickner for uh, Jan Bussell and Ann Hogarth uh, to form part of a puppet service for puppet puppet circus for Hogarth Puppet Theater. Uh, but they didn't then act, they didn't, uh, they put away and uh, took it back in action in 46 uh, when they were working with Annette Mills. Uh, the character became the Mule Muffin and appeared in television in addition for For the Children, broadcast on uh, in October 46. Uh, Muffin danced on top of the piano as Mills played it. Uh, Muffin the Mule was supported by a host of other puppet characters who appeared occasionally. Uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about Muffin the Mule. Interesting, too. Uh, ducktail haircut we may have covered somewhere else, uh, but it was a haircut style popular in the 50s. It is called the Duck's uh, Rear in the U.K., 
or slicked back hair. Uh, according, it was invented according to this in uh, 1940s in Philly as the Ducks, but uh, in Britain it formed part of the visual identity of the Teddy Boys and the Rockers, along with the Quaff and the Elephant's Trunk. Uh, this style had the hair combed back and around the sides of the head. And then, yeah, having like a thing in the middle that looks like the rear of a duck. Uh, but maybe the I think that's what the doctor had, though. He could have had a, you know, I don't, I don't know my hair from my head. I don't have this issue. I don't know. Uh, let's close it out with a little bit about the coronation of Elizabeth II. It took place at June 2nd, 1953, Westminster Abbey in London. Uh, 25, the age of 25, uh, after uh, passing of George the Sixth on uh, February sixth, nineteen fifty-two, she was proclaimed proclaimed a queen. By her uh, coronation was held a year later. You know, let uh, the festivals and uh, you know let some time pass uh, and make uh, let them prepare for the celebration. Uh, celebrations that took place across, across the Commonwealth realms. Uh, it was the first British coordination to be televised. Uh, television cameras had not been allowed in the Abbey during her father's coronation in 1937. And uh, let's see, it took 14 months of preparation under the chairmanship of uh, Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, other committees formed. Let's just see what we have about the uh, yeah, procession was a little along like 200 microphones. Uh, I just want to see if they have anything about the televising of it. The music, uh, many assumed that the uh, Arnold Box would uh, be the director of music. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff in here. Celebrations, monuments, and media. A review of the fleet. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot about it, but nothing specifically about Queen. Uh, uh, you get a lot of other links in here, but I want to look up television prices over the years. Uh, oh, that's a wrong article. I, I found something here. Let's see, where is it? Uh, TVHistory.com.tv. And here's some prices. And this is a cool link because it has advertisements in UK and the US. In the US, American TV prices in the 30s. It looks like you could buy kits uh, for around in the 30s, around uh, 58. I think this is 1930s money, though, between uh, 40 and 90 dollars. Uh, but a factory-made television would be somewhere in the low end, 150. Uh, all the way up to uh, 450 And in the um, 1940s, uh, the TVs were more expensive. It looks like uh, you could spend anywhere from 500 to to a few thousand dollars. Uh, in the 1950s, the prices went down again. Uh, it looks like uh, you could put black and white sets, you could get anywhere from... Uh, uh, one fifty to four four five hundred dollars, and then color televisions uh, from five hundred up to a couple thousand. In the sixties, actually, uh, yeah, black and white TVs were around two hundred and fifty bucks and up. Uh, and color TVs uh, could be as low as uh, three fifty and up into you know multi thousands. In the seventies, uh, again, you could, could could get away with uh, some black and white TVs for around a twelve-inch TV for around ninety bucks, uh, and smaller color TVs started at uh, you know around three hundred fifty or so. Um, let's see, in the UK, uh, you could get a mechanical kit in nineteen thirties, the Daily Express by Mervin for five pounds. Uh, and the factory made sets uh, for around twenty six pound twenty to twenty six pounds uh, uh the Baird model a or the televisor uh then before uh, the w a r uh you were looking at uh for factory sets uh, one seventy five and up uh uh post w a r uh you know the prices went way up and you're looking at, you know, the, the high threes, uh, 
And then in the 50s, uh, yeah, it, it was like, uh, so in the, in the, wait, we we did it in the 50s. So looks like this one doesn't have, uh, like, black and white TVs in the 1950s. We had the PYE 76. Let's just click on this ad. Uh, this is a choice of TV for the connoisseur. It was an 18-valve, 12-inch console, finest TV chassis, and a superbly styled mahogany cabinet. Uh, two simple controls, uh, improved suppressed circuit, uh, produced a picture of fine definition and graduation of tone. Pictures 10 by 8 inches. Uh, uh, consoles 22 by 18 by 35. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, that, that, uh, so that's a little bit about TVs and stuff. Uh, yeah, about that's it. Uh, good night.